0: <laughs> Welcome back to Fan to Fan. In this chapter, our heroes, and you'll never guess this, will continue to talk about
1: sports. 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 Basketball. Sports. Basketball. Ba- 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 basketball. Sports. Um. So, sports are back. Sports are back. I'm excited. I'm, Dude, I can't even... So, first of all, I had to watch the first two Tigers games from work, which was not my favorite moments of my life. Um, It was also fun because I work at a bar and there's a lot of sports fans who come in and like to watch sports with me, so that part of it was cool, but... On opening day for the Tigers around the fifth inning, because the first four innings, I just told the other server, like, you take all the tables. <laughs> take all the tables. I'm just gonna sit here and watch watch baseball. But then it got super busy and I didn't get to watch the last four innings. And then yesterday, the exact same thing happened. Again, we record this on Sunday. So you're gonna be seeing this on Tuesday. But the third game of the Tiger season just wrapped up. And today I finally got to just sit down and enjoy baseball in my bed, with it on my TV, and it was wonderful, man. And it was such an ugly game. The game today was an absolute mess until the ninth inning. I believe the two teams had five combined hits, Uh, and Trevor Bauer's pitching was fantastic. The the movement on his stuff looked as good as ever. Um, My twin Trevor Bauer, by the way. And uh, Spencer Turnbull for the Tigers was also really good. He wasn't Trevor Bauer good, but he got through five innings, only allowed one run, had five strikeouts. He was good. Uh, but just being able to sit there in silence with uh, food and my TV on, and I haven't been able to do this in since what March. Yeah. When we, I was sitting down to watch the the OKC Jazz game, and all of a sudden, Rudy Gobert has <laughs> got COVID, and everybody's like running out of the stadium. And what is happening? What is happening? We get to leave, we look at our phone, and Woj tells us the season is suspended, and. I think everybody kind of sat there and we're like, oh, this is probably going to be a week, two weeks, three weeks. And then two days later, we're like, oh, we're not getting sports for a year and a half. And then a month after that, it was, oh, we're getting sports soon. And then two weeks after that was, oh, wait a minute. No, we were right. We're not getting sports for a year and a half. And then two weeks after that, we figured out we were getting sports. So it has been a wild roller coaster of emotion with this. And for that to find – it's not at an end because we are now – into the next phase of this which is the weirdest sports seasons we will maybe ever go through as fans watching a fox broadcast where there's nobody in the stands and then somebody hits a foul ball and the whole section has fans in it and you have to be like wait a minute what why is there fans there and then you figure out they're not real they're cgi uh i
0: gotta say man how do you feel about how do you feel about those big fans
1: I hate that. That's like the only thing of the presentation so far that I've they, hated. If and I don't do that, know why,
0: but I do. I hate it. Why are they going to do it so shitty? If you're going to do that, and I, I just have a hard time believing that what they've done so far is the best that they can do. I, I prefer the cardboard cutouts behind home plate. That's yeah. I actually kind
1: of like that. I wouldn't mind a stadium with 45,000 cardboard cutouts in it. I just watchin- <laughs> You're watching the all balls go. Like, imagine this. There's a cardboard cutout of Brad Pitt in left field. All of a sudden, Miggy just hits a tank. It zooms in on the cardboard cutout of Brad Pitt, and there is a ball hole through his neck. Like that would be an amazing moment. Uh, let
0: me let me let me pitch, let me pitch you a, a, an idea for that. That what what baseball could do to maximize that you put on each of those cardboard cutouts like zones for different like number values. And if the ball gets hit there, you donate that number value to like a COVID charity or something.
1: Okay, cool. And then, but then we have to keep the the tallies throughout the whole year and the winner wins a Chevy Silverado. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's, basically, it's basically the all-star game MVP, but for putting holes through cardboard cutouts, (laughs) (laughs) it's the same thing. Uh, But to kind of get back on track because we're not uh, the Tigers two and one as of Sunday. Hopefully they'll be three and one about to go for four and one when you're listening to the show on Tuesday. But the free agent signings have looked great. CJ Crone two bombs already, including the game-winning shot today in the ninth inning. Jonathan Scope had three hits on Saturday. The free agent signings look great. The bullpen looks like surprisingly good. And I know it's three games. I'm not getting too excited, guys. I still think they're winning 22 yeah, games. But this is a 60-game season. If you don't remember two years ago, we started the season in like second place midway through May. If that was the case this year, we would have two weeks to stay there. And if we could do it for two weeks, we're in the playoffs. It is a two-month-long season. You need three guys in your lineup to get hot, and you need two pitchers to get hot, and then you need to call up Casey Mize, and he needs to be good. And there is a real chance, a real legitimate chance for you to make the playoffs. Um, Now, the first game, here's... As sports have been, it's been a roller coaster of emotion, right? The first game we all went in, and I think we were all thinking what I just said, right? Two months, we can do this. Why not? We haven't had anything to really root for in Detroit sports in five years. Why can't it be us to like really just go for it? And then you watch the first game and you're like, Oh, this is this team lost <laughs> oh, this team yeah. lost 113 games last year. We're not good. But then you watch these games the last two days where they haven't played well but they found a way to win. They scrapped their way to a victory. The right guys have stepped up at the right time. You had a Miggy bomb late in the game last night, a Jacoby Jones bomb late in the game last night, a Krohn bomb late in the game last night. You've scored three runs, eight of which have come off of the long ball. So it's not like there's not room to improve. Those home runs are going to stay. Brandon Dixon is not going to lead the team in home runs this year like he did last year. Um, so now you just need to get some guys hitting 260, 270. Yeah. And I mean, there's 16 teams that are going to make the playoffs. It might take 27 wins in a 60-game season to sneak into the playoffs.
0: Let me ask you, how do you feel about 16 teams in the playoffs?
1: For this year, I love it, man. I mean, yeah, it's because me it there's there's two things. One, you don't want the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? You don't want them to start 2-8 and eight for some reason. Some weird 10-game stretch happens, and then they can't make up the ground. Because so you want... That team in the playoffs. You want the top teams in the playoffs. But then also, the teams who have less to root for, you want those fans invested and rooting for their teams to make the playoffs. And in a 60-game season, you can see it. The team that lost 113 games last year, our fans are bought into the fact that we could make the playoffs this year. And we're watching and we're there. Uh, So I think for at least this season, it's nothing but good. I don't know if I'd love it in a full season, though.
0: I, I yeah, I don't. Uh, people like baseball, play baseball playoff format. I feel like the wild card and the 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 one game to win and all that stuff. So, but sixteen games, it's like we've kind of said a few times. Like this is a cool opportunity, you know, universal DH this year too. It's a cool opportunity to try some stuff and and see how it goes, uh, and maybe some stuff will stick. You know, maybe sixteen team playoff will kick ass.
1: But I the Universal it. DH is here forever. It's never going away. Yeah, it seems,
0: like, uh, <laughs> it seems like they kind of slipped that one in there. They just were like, ah, I hope nobody's yeah. looking. Here yeah. it is. The
1: DH is here. And I've loved it so far because I haven't had to watch in these first three games Matt Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, and Ivan Nova try to figure out how to hit a baseball when they haven't done it since they were 17 years old. Like, I didn't have to watch those three guys go up there and try to lay down a bunt when the only time they've laid down a bunt is before the game they get three opportunities to lay down a bunt with a pitch coming in at 65 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden they're facing Trevor Bauer who throws 97 and trying to lay that bunt down. It's just I don't need that. I'm, I want the best hitters hitting, and I don't want guys who are hitting 130 hitting. Uh, the Reds, though, the team we played, were kind of built for this to come. They have been waiting for the universal DH, so they they have it. They have the lineup ready, but where this is going to really benefit the Tigers if the season doesn't go the really fun way where we compete for the playoffs is we have CJ Crone and Jonathan Scope. Every team besides the Reds in the National League are going to be looking for a designated hitter come August 30th, which is the trade deadline this year. And if those guys can get off to hot starts, all of a sudden there is 14 National League teams that are calling you saying, we want this guy on our team because we need the extra hitter. Okay, And that's what you were looking to do when you signed them. Hopefully they had a hot first half of the year and you could trade them for a prospect. Now, will you get the same level of prospect you would get in a full season? Probably not. But can you still get a good prospect for these guys? Hell yeah, dude. I mean, even if it's the 98th best prospect in baseball, that's a that's a really good addition to a farm system.
0: A team that did, will not need them for their season this year, the Chicago Cubs, my team, uh, looked very Chicago Cubs-y to me. A lot of striking out with base runners on. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of U Darvish throwing great pitches and terrible pitches. They scored nine runs today, your Cubbies. Didn't They did score nine runs today. They, they, Kyle Schwarber is basically the DH now, which is awesome. That dude's going to hit a gajillion home runs this year. The,
1: the, the, can hit. the path that the Cubs have taken over this past decade is so strange to me.
0: It is a weird one.
1: Because you really I, had a chance to build a dynasty there, and you just well, didn't take advantage of it.
0: I think the argument is that they kind of did in that they had the best five-year run the Cubs have had pretty much in the history of the team. So, I mean, I agree with you that it feels like there was something left out there. It seems like a lot of their players came in to the team at like their maximum levels and didn't improve at all, which is weird considering how young that team was. Uh, and I mean, it's not like Javi Baez isn't awesome. It's not like Chris Bryant isn't awesome. Right. It just it just seems like the relief pitching this year is is uh, suspect. It is,
1: it is, it's the major league baseball is in a very weird couple of years right now with relief pitching where it seems like for every single team in the league, it's a revolving door. There's nobody, there's no relievers anywhere for more than two years. And I mean, me, a guy who's been a diehard baseball fan since I was five years old, I watch half these games and they bring relievers in and I go, who is this guy? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's really, it's really crazy. Um, but yes, the Cubs definitely fall into that category where the bullpen is suspect at best.
0: I think the two, the two biggest, the two hot commodities going into the deadline are going to be relief pitching and DHs. So we'll have to see how that shapes the market going forward.
1: Well, yeah, and the Tigers made an interesting pickup yesterday. Uh, the White Sox' former first-round, number eight overall pick, Carson Fulmer, was cut after having like a six and a half ERA last year. I mean, he was the number eight pick in 2015. This guy's still really young. And the Tigers picked him up, and I think they're going to add him to the bullpen. He's typically a starter, yeah. um, but throw that guy in the bullpen, see that what he's got.
0: awesome. Yeah. yeah,
1: those are the moves that rebuilding teams have to make. That's how you find your J.D. Martinez, right? That's how yeah. you get that guy. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm, I mean, I'm really excited about that. I just That's don't want like, him to go into the starting rotation.
0: Greg Popovich is a big believer and he said this in interviews of like finding lottery guys who didn't pan out or guys who just like had the pedigree and, and something was wrong, maybe organizationally and picking up those guys and turning them into something. Cause there's a reason why like in a talent basis and a potential basis that that guy was the number eight overall pick in four years ago in the baseball draft. Baseball players play forever. I love that. move. I think that's
1: great. Yeah, it's great. And I, it's silly. I mean, I get the White Sox are fighting for the playoffs and they have this up and coming crop of talent. That's as good as anybody in the league. It's it's the Padres. It's us. And it's them yeah. pretty much and the Braves. Um, but why cut this guy instead of letting them just have the rest of the year off, having them work in the fall league, probably having him be down with their AAA affiliate wherever they're working out and then come back next year and see what you have. It's very strange to me, and I'm grateful. I'm happy that the Tigers are going to be the team with the opportunity to do exactly that. Uh, he'll probably be on our major league team uh, for at least a little while, to see him, depending on how he pitches. Uh, but that's just a great pickup, and I don't say that's great about things Al Avila does all that often, and that's great.
0: People yelling about how shitty the broadcast is. Because it's just that's the way it's gonna be, man. There's you can you can put it on mute or it's just the way it's gonna be.
1: Yeah, and broadcasters work a lot like the players, in where a lot of them feed off of the energy of the crowd. Yeah. And if that energy isn't there, nobody's gonna stand in a room yelling to themselves. Like and that's what you would kind of be asking them to do. I mean, there's gonna be announcers who can still do it, who just have that, who are in their own zone no matter what they're talking about. But it is gonna be a little bit more monotone, it's gonna be a little bit more down. And also, I think that's just a thing sports fans like to do now is complain about the announcer no matter who it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I mean, I get it when you're talking Reggie Miller or Chris Weber. But when you're when Tim Kirchens on TV and I'm reading tweets about how this is the most boring broadcast ever. That's just silly. You're just not listening well enough. Just because the guy isn't screaming every time a ball is hit down the line doesn't make it a bad broadcast.
0: Uh, you and I had like a long conversation actually during opening day and during the specific Tim Kirchkin game uh, where that was the first time that I'd sat down and like listened to Eduardo Perez call a game. And I got to say, man, I was not a fan of that. That dude needs to clear whatever's in his throat just one
1: time. Baseball's Booger McFarland. <laughs> that is that is my best way to describe Eduardo <laughs> Perez. Um, did you see the Verlander news today by any chance?
0: I did not. Tell me the Verlander news.
1: So uh, about an hour and a half ago, everybody in the world, in the baseball world, got the update that Justin Verlander will miss the rest of the season with an elbow injury. Uh, so then the speculation starts, oh, my goodness, he's getting Tommy John. Is it Tommy John? Is this going to be the end of Verlander's career? He's 37 years old. You know, yada, yada, yada. And then 10 minutes later, we find out it's a forearm strain, and he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, and he's fine. Oh. Okay. Um, so it quickly went from the Astros were my World Series favorites to no chance they make the World Series back to my World Series favorites um, but God, I just hope that guy can get back in two weeks. I don't want to see 37 year old Verlanders career ended like the healthiest pitching career of all time the mm-hmm. way outside of a year and a half.
0: Uh, who's your World Series pick this year?
1: The Houston Astros. If Justin Verlander is healthy, they're coming back, they're taking every pitch you throw at him and they're holding that trophy up at the end of the year because that is the most talented team in baseball period.
0: Who are they who do they beat?
1: That's a great question. I mean, the easy pick there is the Dodgers, right? But I don't like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a little bit of a curveball, not a huge curveball, but a little bit of a curveball. I'm gonna say the Astros beat the Atlanta Braves, the young and upcoming Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna, uh, Freddie Freeman, those guys just take them out, five games, easy money. I just think that there's a lot of really good teams in baseball, a lot of really good teams. Things like it. And then there is the Yankees, and then above them there's the Astros. But there's two teams that really stand out, and I think it'll be the American League Championship Series with the Yankees and the Astros, and that'll almost work as the World Series because I don't think they'll lose to whoever they face. But then again, we saw the Nationals win a World Series last year. So with baseball, you never know. So the NBA is back on July 30th. We will start out with – Of course, the most exciting matchup in the NBA currently of Lakers and Clippers. But before that, we will have Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans going up against the Utah Jazz. Are they fractured? Are they not Utah Jazz? How much has Rudy Gobert hurt his relationship with these teams? Uh, And next week is when we'll really dive headfirst into everything basketball that's going on. But the thing I really want to do this week is get some bold, fiery-ass, hot-take predictions uh, on what we could see coming from this next stretch of the NBA not just this eight game stretch of regular season that we have left but the playoffs included um and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start you off with with a hot one okay and okay. then I want to get your take on it mm-hmm. uh, I think the Philadelphia 76ers are gonna win the Eastern Conference Ah.
0: <sighs> I can I know that there's like a lot of hype right now around them using uh, Ben Simmons as a four and playing a lot more Shake Milton and maybe that makes sense to me but I just uh, the Sixers are like the opposite of the Spurs where I'll never count them out. I'm never going to count the 76ers in until I see that it's actually been done.
1: So here's my reasoning, and I promise you I, I'm not picking the Sixers to go to the finals because of Shake Milton. So it's <laughs> – Okay. It's,
0: That's fair.
1: If they can get to the matchup with the Bucks, because they are the sixth seed as of right now. They could move up to the five seed and get Miami in the first round, but it looks like it'll be them versus Boston. Um, but if they get to play the Bucs in the playoffs, there is no worse – and I've been saying this all year – I haven't been picking them to win all year, but I've been saying this all year. There's no worse matchup nightmare for Giannis than Joel Embiid, Al Horford, and Ben Simmons all on the court, especially if he's not hitting that jump shot consistently because what Philly will end up doing in that matchup is playing it exactly like the Spurs did in 07 against LeBron. And that's back up five feet. If you want to shoot it, you go right ahead, bud. We'll let you shoot 30% from that three-point line the entire series. But guess what? You're not gonna do. You're not gonna be running in here dunking on everybody. We have somebody who's a six seven point guard who moves very similarly to you, who's ready to defend you. And then if you beat him, you run into a twin towers of world class defenders in Al Horford and Joel Embiid.
0: I know that Joel Embiid has the talent to, at one point, be maybe the best center in the NBA. But I just with that guy, I don't. I don't know if we're ever gonna get there. And I I just think that's the only way that that team makes it that far is if Joel Embiid becomes the best center in the NBA. If they draw the heat in the first round, Jimmy Butler is going to go like crazy LeBron impression and just like – and it's going to be ugly. He's going to get – he's just going to be yelling at Joel Embiid the whole time, and I think it's going to work. I think it's going
1: to work. I mean, we're Pistons fans, so we've seen what happens when you yell at Joel Embiid. Andre Drummond's been doing it for years, and Joel Embiid has just been – the only way I can describe it is shitting on Andre Drummond game I mean, after game after game. I know I it's Andre it's Drummond different. not Jimmy Butler yeah. but Jimmy Jimmy Butler to me is just the fakest alpha dog to have ever existed. He's a really good player with really good defense and he shoots twenty eight percent from three like I' don't, he's a 20, he's a he's a fringe all-star level player that's what he is.
0: I think uh, I think that you're describing a lot of kind of those like alpha personalities where I think there's a lot of bark and not always a ton of bite. But uh, I think that that'll be enough. I I I'm just gonna go with the the guy who I think is better, and that's Jimmy Butler. The guy who I'd want in my corner, and that's Jimmy Butler.
1: Well, you're really not gonna like this next prediction then that I got for you. Okay, uh, what is that? Bold, bold take number two. So if the standings stay the way they are, it will be the Pacers versus the Heat. Uh, Victor Oladipo was playing in the scrimmages today. He's not sure if he'll play when play resumes, but he will because he looked awesome. The Pacers will beat the Heat in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh,
0: I don't, with Oladipo, I don't disagree with you. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I saw, I haven't seen a ton of the scrimmages. I've seen some. Uh, I've seen more baseball than basketball, but uh, I, I did catch some of the Oladipo stuff today, and he does look pretty awesome. And that team just is just one of those teams. Actually, I think they're kind of similar teams.
1: Yeah, yes, they are, um, and I think the the biggest X factor from Miami throughout the playoffs is going to be can Duncan Robinson continue to be like the best shooter in the world, and if he can do that, then that the sky is the sky is the Eastern Conference Finals for that team. But if he can't, they're easily a very possible first round exit is in their future.
0: This is a very pro Duncan Robinson podcast.
1: Oh, as pro Duncan Robinson as it gets. But there, there's no more surprising player to me in the NBA. As a Michigan slappy, a guy who thought Trey Burke was going to come in and win like MVP awards in the NBA, I watched Duncan Robinson at Michigan, and if you would have told me that guy would make an NBA team, just make it, as the 15th guy, I would have called you absolutely insane. He still can't dribble to this day. He still can't pass to this day. I mean, he's gotten better at both of those things, but he's still not very good. And he legitimately might be the third best shooter on planet Earth. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't, it it doesn't make point. sense. He went from D three to Michigan to like a future All Star, maybe. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. I don't know if he'll ever be an All Star. I don't know, man. If you can shoot forty-five percent from three all the time, I don't see you know how you don't sneak in there at least once.
0: I mean, he could become like a better version of Kyle Korver, and that's a like a that's an awesome player.
1: Kyle Korver made an All Star team. I mean, so did the entire starting lineup of the Atlanta Hawks, and then they won a Player of the Month together as a team. But uh, that that team was just silly. That Atlanta team. I'm gonna um, give you.
0: Uh, I mean, I got a take for you. Okay. Bull, bull is going to be the greatest number 44 picked player in the history of the NBA. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, who's he going up against? And let me tell you.
1: Uh, I was just looking it up. Okay, thank you.
0: (laughs) Chase Budinger, drafted by the Detroit Pistons, is one of the best number 44s ever drafted. Uh, I'm also going to throw in uh, Sean Lampley. Brian Cardinal, also drafted by the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Sean Marks. Malik Rose. Uh, going into the 80s, there's not really anybody awesome. So, how about that list? Bull Bull is going to be better than Brian Cardinal. He's going to be the best player picked at his position
1: ever. Sure. <laughs> um, like i can't i'm not gonna sit here and say well Malik rose played 813 games in his career with a career average of 6.2 points per oh, game
0: I mike mascala
1: oh yeah sure he's already better than mike <laughs> mascala <laughs> like um i i yes i would say the one scrimmage he played puts him at the top of that list like How already he played
0: a few games with that one well
1: The one that I watched and the one that he went for, like, 15, 11, and 5 blocks uh, would already make him the greatest. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see it that much. I don't even think you'll see it 10 minutes a game. I I don't know if you'll see it at all. I think think I'm going to see it.
0: I think we'll see it Do the do the Nuggets play like the Wizards or Phoenix or anything like a team that they can like one of the <laughs> like one of those borderline G League teams the Wizards or the Nets Wow
1: no the worst team that the Nuggets play is the Thunder or the Spurs They could do
0: that against the Spurs I would love you I would know I would, what
1: Greg would, Greg Popovich would pick that lineup apart
0: I would love that's what I want I want to see that happen I want to see it, and then I want to see Greg Popovich adapt to it on the fly. To me, that's actually the best case scenario. For that, that does, yeah, that
1: sounds like a pretty it. fun game for sure. Um, <laughs> my next hot take—I don't know—I don't know how hot this one is. It's just—it's going to be difficult for anybody to do because they're three and a half games back with eight to go. I think Portland's going seven and one and beating out Memphis for the playoff spot.
0: Mm, I feel the opposite. I think Memphis is going to get that playoff
1: spot. So I, they the first game when they come back, they have the Grizzlies at home. You win that boom it's two and a half with seven to go. okay, yeah, then you're at Boston. Boston's one of those teams that's locked into their seed, right? They are the third seed and they're up two and a half games on Miami and they're back three games on Toronto. So Boston's gonna be in you know preseason mode still so that's a win. Then you're going up against the Rockets. I think the Rockets will beat them just because I'm a big believer in the Rockets. Um, then you got the Nuggets at home, another team that is pretty much locked into their spot. Uh, so they'll kind of be in preseason mode. Then you are in LA to face the Clippers, but this is with four games left. I don't think will play, you know, you'll probably get lucky and have either or Paul George, not playing in that game. You win that. And then you got 76ers Mavericks and nets and the nets are completely depleted. The Mavericks are going to be, uh, in getting ready for the playoffs mode and the 76ers are going to be in getting ready for the playoff mode Uh, so I think the Trailblazers are going to be like the only team besides that first game on their entire schedule where they're coming out and they're like we have to win this game this is a game 7 for most of their games and I think it's going to end in them going 7-1 and and stealing that final playoff spot from Memphis
0: I think the Mavs and the Clippers are both going to be pretty tough games for them I think the Mavs are going to go hard every game Uh, that's just watching. This is ready for some, ready for some bubble video psychiatry, everybody's favorite and most accurate form of psychiatry, watching all of those videos of the Mavs players going hard as hell playing spike ball and badminton and pickleball and whatever those guys can get their hands on to compete with makes me think that they are going to play every game super hard.
1: No matter what,
0: I don't, I just think it seems like one of those guys. I think
1: it, come playoff time, Luca is one of those guys. I think when it's August 6th and Luca was up until two in the morning playing Warzone on Call of Duty the night before, <laughs> and it's a seven, and a, a seven o'clock game against Portland, who might not make the playoffs, he's just going to be like, I don't know. I'm going to go to McDonald's before the game. Are there get really games a at in the morning? No, did I say 7 in the morning? No, he's up till 2 in the morning, and then he's playing at 7 the next night. Oh, oh. (laughs) I think Um, he'll just, you know, let's wait till the playoffs, and then I'll start just making 29-foot turnaround Jays.
0: Give me a a quick recap. When do the games start, and where are they? Do you know?
1: For, like, the entire NBA? Yeah. Yeah, they start uh, the 30th is the first game next Thursday, 6.30, Jazz Pellies. Um, we are regular season until the fourteenth of August. Uh, we're in Disney World. There's two different courts in Disney World. I don't know what either of them are called, but there's two separate locations that they'll be playing at. Um, and I, I mean, during this regular season portion of the schedule, I do think we'll have a few day games. I believe I read that some of the, yeah, I mean, on Wednesday, August fifth, the Grizzlies and Jazz play at two thirty. Uh, take there was, the there's under. a couple of day games every take day. Yes. Take the
0: under oh, in the day 100%. games.
1: There's take day games under. every day. We're getting basketball from noon until 11 o'clock at night, every day from July 30th until August 14th. It's going to be awesome. Uh,
0: uh, I have weekends. I have like real weekends now and I'm excited to take like next Saturday and just watch, basketball all day.
1: It's yeah, bad. hell yeah. Working. There's there's nothing like a like sports for a working man. <laughs> Cold beer <laughs> yes. in my
0: hand, lady by
1: my side. Yeah. <laughs> um and then my final bold prediction, I'm pu- I'm just going to be honest with everybody. I'm pulling this one out of my ass because there's nothing I can really back it up with, but the Clippers are going to go 8-0 in the first two rounds of the playoffs and then only win one game against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals.
0: Well, you're just so you're just like doing like a what you hope is a Lakers fan happens.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, well, I mean, they're not beating the Lakers. Sorry, everybody at home. They're not beating the Lakers. And sorry to you, sir, with your Hawaiian shirt on. They're not beating the Lakers. Look into my eyes. Look, You know I don't tell you to look into my eyes unless I'm being dead-ass serious. The Clippers aren't beating the Lakers. LeBron has one more year. He's going to say, come here, son, come here, son, and put Kawhi Leonard and Paul George under one arm and walk them to their own grave. And then he's going to go to the next round and do the same thing to Giannis, and then next year he'll pass the torch off. But this is the one where he's going to, come on, give them a little noogie and send them on their way. Uh, the only thing –
0: the only reason why that might not happen would be some sort of strange unforeseen thing happening. Uh, it what are we going to do when players start getting start getting caught leaving the bubble and then being punished for it? You know, we're approaching that time where the NBA's given everybody a bunch of warnings basically from the sounds of it. They've given everybody a couple warnings and then today Lou Williams we found out went to have dinner at Magic City in Atlanta. I believe that's where Magic City is.
1: He went to get carry out at the strip club with Jack harlow
0: i will say that there i have heard this before this story that people go to magic city to get food i've heard that that's a thing that people do i of course firsthand experience do not know that for sure but it seems less weird uh lou williams tweeted like don't worry about it just here for the memes he gets it 10 day suspension or whatever quarantine suspension yeah Um, when that stuff starts happening
1: Exactly what we're doing now lock them up for eight days and then test them and see what, see if they have it. I mean, it's going to be all on them and it's only going to negatively affect their team uh, because we're, the world will find out. These are, you know, NBA players aren't exactly yeah. able to hide in a crowd. Um, There's a lot of reporters yes, in that bubble, too. I'm pretty sure Magic City's in New York. And I actually heard last night that they have the best filet deals in the entire city. And they have the best wing deals in the entire city. You can get 10 wings and onion rings with cheese on them for 18 bucks. And that's in New York. So you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Yeah, uh,
0: I'm looking at, I'm looking at where Magic City is. Ooh. Like, but...
1: Like... Nobody's fallen for the carryout story, right? You don't go to a strip club to get carryout wings with Jack Harlow.
0: Okay, I'm going right? to read you this Williams tweet. Ask any of my teammates what's my favorite restaurant in Atlanta is. Ain't nobody partying. Chill out, lol. Has, hashtag, hashtag mascot, hashtag in and out. So it's in so Atlanta. Does
1: Atlanta. Okay. It's his
0: favorite restaurant in Atlanta.
1: God bless him. I mean, strip club wings, man, you can't beat them. They're always good.
0: I, I I just don't. I've never had a strip club spirit experience that I like really particularly loved. Uh, you weren't eating enough food. I guess I don't think that was my problem. I think my problem was I didn't have enough money to have fun there, but I'm just That's, guessing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're like I brought twenty three dollars. What can I? What can I get, can I yeah, get I with
0: right, this? Like, buy me a drink, and then it's like. <laughs> oh, <I don't laughs>
1: You're like putting quarters into her bra. <laughs> this
0: was a piece of strip club wisdom I was given by my then boss when I was like taken to a strip club kind of without my knowledge. Uh this was a few years ago. He always said, Don't buy them drinks. They don't want you to buy them drinks. That's like how the place gets money out of you. I don't know if that's true, but I'm passing it along for it to either be confirmed or denied by people who would know better than I.
1: Fan to fan Detroit, learn your strip club club etiquette right here, Tuesdays at 6 30. I mean, uh, and-
0: I'm not ashamed of having gone to strip clubs. We've all done it. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody's gone to a strip club a couple of times, by the way. Not one time. Nobody's been one time to a strip club. You've gone a couple of times.
1: Uh, so I just figured I should clear the air because we had conflicting reports earlier about the whole Justin Verlander thing. He just tweeted out, The report that I'm currently missing the rest of the season is not accurate. There is a forearm strain I'm hopeful that with some rest, it will heal and I'll be able to return soon. Thank you all for the well wishes. So it is 100% confirmed by the man himself, the former MVP Cy Young winner, Justin Verlander. It is only a forearm strain, people. His career is not over. It is not would, over. If he,
0: had, if he had Tommy John, would that end his career?
1: I don't think so because he's Justin oh, Verlander so, and he, yeah. he wants to be Tom Brady and pitch till he's 45.
0: Um, yeah. Tommy John isn't – I mean, we've talked about this on the show probably. Tommy John is not as big a deal as it used to be.
1: No, but it's still – I mean, he still would have missed the rest of this year and all of next year, uh, which would have been the rest – oh, yeah, which would have been the rest of his contract. He would have came back like a 29-year-old just chucking that thing, but um, it would have been the rest of his Astros contract. You know, If he goes into that next offseason and teams are offering him $8 million a year, does he want to come back and play – uh, but now, luckily, we know we don't even have to worry about that. All is good, all is well. He's just a little sore.
0: Uh, do you have any more? Do you have any more hot takes for me?
1: Ben Simmons will hit at least three three pointers in this playoff run.
0: Okay, I think. Uh, yeah, I think at this point, Ben Simmons not being able to shoot a wide open three. Is like a sports psychologist problem.
1: Yeah, that is wild to me that he, they had to talk him into going to see a sports psychologist.
0: That's uh yeah well that to me it makes sense one that they would want him to go and two that he would be apprehensive to it. Uh, that stuff is so ultra stigmatized still, and I bet especially amongst a bunch of tough guy NBA players. And Ben Simmons is like a young dude and.
1: I don't know. Yeah, me personally big big therapist guy. Go see a therapist, people at home, get your mental health right. It's the most important thing in the world. It is like literally the most important thing in the world. It can determine every single part of your life if you don't have it right. But I would feel weird about going to see a psychologist about why won't you shoot threes. Like that would that would be a little strange to me.
0: Yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, if I'm a professional athlete like Ben Simmons is, there's a lot on the line for me to not be able to swallow my pride and just go, look, why can't I do this? Yeah. What's
1: going on? Yeah, and I know – what I would be really bad with uh, as a professional athlete from, like, a media perspective, because I even do this when I'm, like, doing my simulations on video games, I'm always sitting there going, but how would Twitter react? <laughs> how, how would Twitter react? I think that's and part of it, too. I think that is probably deep, deeply ingrained, like, every game into a lot of guys' heads, uh, especially when you grew up with this, you know, like some guys, like like the older guys started before all this and they got to kind of learn it as they went where the no- nowadays guys are just dropped right into it. The whole world is watching you. The whole world is talking about you. And guess what? You get to hear all the opinions people have about you, which is never a good thing on that large of a scale. So
0: do you want to do some football talk?
1: Hmm. What do you want to talk about with football?
0: Uh, do you think there's any room for me left on the Seahawks bandwagon?
1: No. Nope. Is Sorry, too late, bud. Yeah.
0: Should have got in before I, the uh, trade.
1: I know yeah. you got there before the trade. So. I, I Actually, they put me in charge of determining what capacity is during COVID. We have to be uh, a little bit careful. So, yeah, yeah half, half capacity right now. So I'll let you know if anything opens up. But for now, you're That's just getting hated. here a little too late. I'm going to yeah. go hang
0: out on my Philadelphia Eagles bandwagon. Yeah, uh, I have. decided decide yeah. to date and clowny.
1: Have fun when Jalen Hurts is starting for you in Week Three because Carson Wentz got tickled on the field and now he's out for nine weeks. That's
0: uh, <laughs> I, I, You know, I don't think I think that there's a world where Jalen Hurts could be as good as Nick Foles. Maybe not right away, but I
1: think he could get there. Well, yeah, definitely not right away. Um, I still, though, am concerned with that Seahawks defense. They still, I mean, Jamal Adams had six and a half sacks last year, which is great for a safety, uh, but. They don't have anybody to rush the passer. Anybody. Uh, And they need to figure that out.
0: They're going to be playing that Lions defense, dude. They're going to rush three and four the whole time and just, like, hope that they get some coverage sacks.
1: And it'll work probably better for them than it did for us last year because they have some talent in their secondary. But if you're going to give up two first-round picks for a safety, like Jamal Adams, why not give them a third and a fourth for a corner like Darius Slick? Uh, it, just goes,
0: it just goes back to how I feel about the Darius Slay trade, and it's that it just became about getting the first deal they could get to get him out of there because they weren't going to be able to find the value the way that they could for, for Adams. In know? my
1: opinion, that's a fu- if that's true, if it was as soon as we get a deal, we're shipping him out, that's a fireable offense. Yeah. Did you see Bob Quinn? Uh, God, I can't remember by who now. Uh, let me find it real quick. Were you gonna?
0: Uh, he got ranked as like the worst GM.
1: Ranked as the worst GM in football. I don't,
0: I don't think that's possible.
1: No, uh, it was by sporting news. Yeah, that's I mean, I get it. Like, it's an easy argument to make because all you have to say is he just gets Belichick scraps and then nobody can argue against you. Yeah, but that still seems a little crazy to me that you want to rank that guy as the worst GM in the league because he has definitely not been that since he got here. He hasn't been the best GM in the league. He hasn't been the top ten GM in the league. He probably hasn't been top fifteen. But I think you could slide him in somewhere right around twenty and feel comfortable with it.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm a little higher on Bob Quinn than you are. I think he's done a decent job. I just I think he's got a lot of like momentum, a lot of things going against him. That he has to fight through that. I don't think necessarily happens at other football teams where winning is more ingrained in the culture and has happened more often. Uh, I have a hard time thinking that he could be worse than uh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah. He's not. He that's he's definitely not. He didn't give. Nuke uh, Hopkins up for a second-round pick and 97-year-old broken-down David Johnson.
0: I, dude, I, I, it's a bad trade, but I like David Johnson more, I think, than – I think he's going to be good this year. Uh, he's going to be – he's still an awesome third-round fantasy pick.
1: Uh, third yeah. round you'll take David Johnson?
0: Yes, absolutely. He's probably going to be my my second running back at that point. In PPR, Oh, dude, you're all right. Well, you're we're, gonna
1: we're going to have him for two weeks.
0: I'll have him for at least six weeks.
1: Hmm. I want to think of a friendly wager. We'll do it off air, but I want to think of a friendly wager to put on David. we am going to
0: figure out what we're going to do about the Steelers thing. Cause I am only more convinced that the Steelers are going to be good this year.
1: Well, yeah, all right, so now we got two things we got to figure out. Parker, i am kind of rely on you for the figuring stuff out portion of the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair. Um, football, football, football. I don't know, there's not much going on with football. It's just all fear right now, right? It's just, yeah. are we going to see a season? Uh, they finally uh, agreed on safety protocols, the Players Union did. Um, but, man, it still just seems so impossible to me.
0: I think there's no way that football doesn't start
1: and play th- at least three or four weeks. Just if you're not in a bubble, how does it work with that many people? That's three or four weeks. I mean, you can probably get three or four weeks of football out of it. If the three or four weeks is training camps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Like you're they're gonna be spitting on each literally spitting on each other. These players aren't gonna wear masks on the field. I saw Cameron Maben do that today for the Tigers. He got to first base and put a mask on. But...
0: I saw I saw a bunch of baseball players wearing masks. Man, they look pretty badass sitting dingers and running yeah. around in that, in that mask.
1: Yeah, that's but baseball. You can right. Like I am a full wear your mask guy, right? Everybody at home, wear your fucking mask. But I work 12-hour shifts where I'm on my feet wearing a mask the whole time. And at least once during that 12 hours, I go, okay, I kind of get it. (laughs) I kind of get why people get so mad this sucks because it does suck. But it would suck really, really bad on a football field. I think it would be almost – I
0: think football is – first of all, I I just don't think it protects you uh, like on a football field. Yeah, no. no. You know, it protects you in baseball, but I I don't think it does in football. Or
1: at the grocery store. Or at the grocery store. Yes.
0: Or at the library or at the bar.
1: Uh, The greatest thing, side note, the greatest thing to come out of all of COVID is uh, Eminem rapping about COVID. It's just the line, now I'm in a fucking casket from you coffin. Let's just stop rap right now. We don't need any more rap. We've reached the pinnacle. You look like you don't agree with that.
0: Uh you know me. I'm I'm not I'm not as big an Eminem guy as you. Although I do love that song. I do love that song. It's a great. It's great. Song.
1: I couldn't find my phone in my car on the way home from work last night and I listened to it I think 6 times in a row. <laughs> I don't
0: know if I like it that much.
1: I do. I do. It's probably my favorite song in the last like 3 or 4 months, honestly. I just all of a sudden had like 6 mosquito bites that just popped up on my leg that I don't remember getting. And I'm very itchy. It's
0: mosquito season, man. It ain't going to stop. Do you have anything else sports-wise that you want to
1: talk about? Not really. I feel... (coughs) Wow, sorry. I feel like we're still, like, one week away from being, like, in the groove. Because, you know, now we're... Like, this week is just kind of that point where it's just like, okay, we've started. Don't have any, like... Real hard opinions on anything yet because we are three games into an MLB season and we're two scrimmages into an NBA season. But next week, by this time, it's going to be like we kind of know what things are look, how things are shaping out. If the broadcasts have got any better, if the fake fans are looking any better, if they don't shock you every time you see them, and if you can yeah. actually hear the fake crowd noise.
0: Yeah, they well, the audio mixing does need to be better that is true but that'll fix itself I think that'll probably work. There was a cool shot from one of the ESPN broadcasts where they were showing where the guys were at in the studio and they basically are like sitting in chairs like you or me and they've got like a laptop in front of each of them and then they've got like five screens up on the wall and they've got like a bullpen cam and they've got like a, a dugout cam and they basically have like like angles on everything going on around them and they like use those to infer kind of what's going on. Uh, and that's interesting. I'm curious, because they, they they talked a little bit about how they were basically using the, the dugout calls to be like, oh, that's a home run, because the guys in the dugout were calling it a home run. Or so, like uh, classic Cubs fashion, one of their relief pitchers fucking balked in the top of the eighth inning, and uh, the, the play-by-play guys figured it out because the, the Brewers were calling it a balk from their dugout.
1: Yeah, see, I love baseball. Baseball to me might be better with no fans. So there's the negative, right? And it's like when Crone hit his home run today, again, we record this on Sunday, uh, when he hit his home run the top of the ninth today, it felt like a little bit less important. Still on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, When Crone hit his home run in the top of the ninth today, it felt like a little bit less important because there wasn't screaming fans everywhere. But on the flip side of that, and honestly, if we do an awesome sports clip of the week, I would like to end the show here and show you this as the awesome sports clip of the week. Nico Goodrum hit a home run today, and the crack of the bat that you hear is equivalent yeah. to uh, the like eating the greatest piece of food you've ever had in your life. <laughs> it was absolutely succulent. It was like it. It sounds like a gunshot goes off. Uh, so baseball might be better with no fans.
0: I definitely think baseball is the sport least affected by no fans. Yeah. Uh, and if they can, it's just the, those fake audience things are not good. It's the, they, they don't pass the Turing test. Uh, they just look stupid. They look bad. They look cheap. I, I have so many questions about, like, how that company got the contract and what it is exactly that they do
1: uh it just feels like the fact that they just like show up only when you hit a foul ball (laughs) yeah in one section some work like Like, if you want to do it right wait till it's the top of the ninth with two outs and then have them fill up the whole stadium pump in a ton of fake crowd noise and then it's cool and then it works but when it's a second and a half when you see a ball slicing down the third baseline into the foul or into the seats it just isn't cool it's just weird
0: i want more cardboard cutouts behind dugouts i think that that's should be true. universal i think that's great uh looks good uh you can you know
1: be funny with you it, so. you could have a cardboard cutout of anybody at Comerica park who is it
0: yeah um Bobby Higginson. Who? How about for you?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I'm. Uh, I, my answer is clear and obvious. It's LeBron James. Every time, I just would fill oh, the stadium okay. with forty five thousand LeBron Jameses.
0: I think that uh, in Chicago, you could put like the Ferris Bueller seat. You could put Ferris Bueller cardboard you just cutout. Put Bill
1: Murray everywhere. It's all Bill Murray. That's
0: it's do you think that they could like take recordings of the old Bill Murray, take me out to the ball games and play him at the seventh inning? Do yeah. you think they have the rights to do that? Because they could Yeah, just probably.
1: That. I mean they still have people singing the national anthem before the games on a giant microphone.
0: MLS's back tournament is like super fun. It's not like good. How many
1: teams hard. how many teams just aren't in it? What do you mean? Because of COVID.
0: Uh, only one team got sent home, and unfortunately, it was the team that, like me, as a men's national team fan and less of a, like MLS fan, FC Dallas got sent home for coronavirus concerns, which was unfortunate. Uh, a lot of those guys were playing for European contracts, I think, too. And uh, it actually, it's been an interesting, like, breeding ground for a couple of guys to be seen and kind of attract some of those contracts. Uh, Brendan Aaronson's drawn a lot of interest from Germany, like Bundesliga teams, uh, which is, he's really good. He's really good too, so.
1: How about the fact that Christian Pulisic is like, if there was a main reason why Chelsea's going to be in the UCL, it's him right he's now. He's been their it's best him.
0: player. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Returning from break. He's been their best player. Him and Giroud. I actually, I've oh, watched. So much...
1: Wait, do they play yeah, 38 or 39 in. games? I mean, it won't they, matter because they have a four. I don't know. Lead. I know
0: that they won today. They won two nothing today. We record this on Sunday, uh, and they they won two nothing against Wolves. Uh, Pulisic played. It wasn't his best game, but he was fine. You know, he was still super good. Uh, watching a lot of Chelsea, I've like, become a big fan of Olivier Giroud. I like get what he does now. I understand right. why he's been so good. It's you have to like you have to like mark him. If you forget about him for a second, it, it's a goal. Uh, and he, like, opens up space. He's a smart player. He uh, he he makes it easier for everybody else on the team to, like, do their thing,
1: which is a, a weird
0: a, role for a striker.
1: As a soccer fan born from video games, uh, I will forever hate Olivier Giroud. Forever.
0: I mean, I get it, but he's been, like, a he's really good with Pulisic. <laughs> they, uh... Well. They, yeah. My all-time, my favorite gift now ever in the history of gifts is uh, is after uh, Pulisic put, like, a nice cross into Giroud, who scored. Marcus Alonso or, or Jorginho, one of the two of them, try to go up to Giroud to hug him, and Giroud, like, shoves him away and, like, hugs Pulisic. And, like, a living embodiment of the Marcus Alonso is no longer my friend. Pulisic is my best friend now.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, he's been really good. He's making the leap. We talk about that a lot in other sports, but I think six making the leap to becoming like an elite top six Premier League club starting winger. I think he's there.
1: I saw I got an update today that I'm trying to find that it looked like uh, the Kai Havertz to Chelsea deal is almost done. Now that yeah. they they're locked into the Champions League and
0: it seems like it it seems they they've yes it seems like that's going to happen I don't love it for Chelsea they have other problems that they need to like address they need probably like a true number one center back and they I think they're going to probably replace Keppa who got pulled today who, saw that uh, got pulled out of the starting lineup today he just hasn't been that good uh, he probably has been the second worst top six team goalie behind David De Gea this year, who is like, has the yips, I think. I I think he has like some sort of
1: weird thing going on there. How the hell did Man U find their way into third place?
0: They just, they found a lineup that works. They, they were healthy and they had a lineup that works. They had the talent the whole time. It's just like Pogba wasn't playing. And then it was like, what are we going to do with Lingard? And then it was Andy Martial has, looks like a championship player. Uh, but it all kind of – they they just kind of played a lot better with Bruno Fernandez, Pogba, and Mason Greenwood in the lineup as starters. It just looked better, which makes sense when you think about it.
1: Greenwood is an absolute tank. He's awesome. Uh, Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, and Mason Greenwood are the fifth highest scoring trio in European football, and they're the youngest front three to ever score 60-plus goals in the season.
0: If you can keep those guys around, if they're gonna. That's gonna be a dominant top three for a few years. And if you can keep Pogba and Bruno Fernandez, and you can rotate Madich and McTominay, and I guess Fred, but you're probably gonna get rid of one of those guys for somebody else. That's a really good midfield too. Like, well, really what midfield.
1: what I feel like Bruno has done for them is he just like everything was just put on Pogba's shoulders. Just every little yeah. bit of creation was put on Pogba's shoulders, and you could just. Kind of, it's almost like a running back where there's where the quarterback is Andy Dalton, right? You just throw eight guys in the box. They were doing yeah. that to Pogba, but on the soccer field. And now both sides of that midfield are just the most technical, skilled players on the field most of the time. And it mm-hmm. opens so much up for Pogba. And then you still have to, like, overload Pogba a little bit because if you don't, he's going to beat you. And it just has made Bruno Fernandez into, like, one of the best midfielders in the world,
0: uh, Bruno Fernandes, I think, kind of waited a while, an extra year or two before he made that move from sporting in Portugal to like a elite big money club. And it seems like it was probably the wise move. He went to a team that really needed him. Uh, it was a really good fit. Uh, it's working well. Man United's going to be a lot of fun next year. Uh, I will say what you were talking about. Wolves kind of tried to put a guys in the box against Pulisic today uh and his touch was a little heavy was let him down a little bit and that didn't help but i mean it opened up other parts of the
1: field you know it's the way it works so so sticking sticking with man u what is their next move is it another midfielder or is it we need another wide wide back juan Bosca has been good this year he's slowed down a little bit at the end but he's been good this year
0: um uh, yeah luke shaw has been good, better uh I don't know what Man United's going to do. I think they're probably, if they get a good offer for De Gea, I bet they move on from him. Uh, so you're going to probably hear a lot of Jan Oblak transfer rumors. Uh, plays for Atletico Madrid, considered, I think, to be the best goalie in the world right now. Uh, I don't know if they'll let him go. Atletico are open to selling players usually, but I'd be curious about how much money they would want. That would be, if you can get money for De Gea, you can upgrade it to Oblak, that would make sense. Uh, I bet Man United fans are probably still a little worried about their defense, but I mean, if you can, I would say the best move is if you can get like an elite dominant third midfielder to go in there, you can probably, your defense probably won't matter as much because you're going to be scoring three
1: goals a game. Right, right. That's true. With With all that speed up front, you already have two of the best long passers in the world. And then, I mean, who would be that perfect third midfielder for them?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about, like, the system that they run to know for sure. I'd say somebody who I would be curious about would be uh, American center midfielder looking for new club Weston McKinney.
1: Yeah. Um, Kind of (laughs) a fun
0: fit there. I don't know if he'd start right away or if he'd be, like, a rotational player. He probably would, would be a few years away from being a, a part of that lineup, but well,
1: you'd yeah, have your two finesse guys, and then in the middle you'd have your bull in a china shop. You'd have your guy just to be like, I'm just going. He's gonna cover he the guy. chill on the
0: ground. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's basically just know. setting picks, right? It, it, just for me, as you know, basketball's yeah, my thing picks. to keep it in basketball terms. He's like the he's just brick wall setting picks basically the whole mm-hmm. game, but all over the field. Um, next year out of we're going to say outside of the top 5. So, no Liverpool, no Man City, no Man U, no Chelsea, and no Leicester City. Who is your team that can jump into that Champions League spot? Is it Wolves? Is it Tottenham kind of figuring it out again next year? Is it Arsenal or do you go further down that list to somebody like Everton or
0: I'll give you a, I'll give you a yeah. one I'll give you two. I'll give you two here. One I think is more based on money plus end of season form. It seems like Arsenal is kind of figuring some things out under Miguel Arteta. Uh, he was, I think, kind of the guy that it seemed like Pep was grooming to eventually take over for him at Man City and got stolen away. And Pep was really mad about it. Gave said some things where he was just upset that he left. Uh, and Arsenal has looked a lot better since the restart. So if they come back and they make a few moves and uh, Arteta is like a great coach. Like it seems like he could be. That would be a team that would logically move up there. And I'll give you a weirder one. Uh, if Sheffield United can make a couple decent signings like they did this year, I'd love to see what Sheffield United could do next year, second year in. Uh, definitely like an overachieving team this year, but I, I,
1: I, they won a only lot of- only twelve a points out of a Champions League spot. Yeah, they like, were right I, there. Twelve points is twelve points, but that's not. Yeah. And in a, a jump that can't be made with a good signing or two, but what we're down to, what two weeks for these Premier League teams to make signings because their their window ends a little bit earlier than the rest of the world. So, uh, I don't know for sure. I, I believe it's something like August 10th, so we're gonna have to see it because I feel like I haven't seen outside of Kai Havertz, I haven't seen much from anybody in the Premier League as far as big names go.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do probably with coronavirus stuff. I'm guessing. Uh, I mean, Chelsea's been the team that's just spent a gajillion dollars, uh, and it doesn't really seem like anybody else has. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, if anything, you can do with the Premier League right now. They got the late start, and they have the weird transfer window time.
1: You ready for this This stat that I think is really kind of a weird, amazing stat? Mm -hmm. Man City this year had a goal differential of plus 67. Liverpool had a goal differential of plus 52. And Liverpool ended with 18 more points on the season.
0: And I mean, Liverpool basically, after they clinched the championship, was playing hungover for the last, like, four games of the season. So, uh, yeah, uh, that Man City team is... Probably going to be historically underrated, I bet. Well, the
1: odds came out for next year, and as of right now, they are the favorites.
0: Manchester City are the favorites? Yeah. Wow. I mean, if Liverpool signs Thiago from Bayern Munich, like it seems like they're going to. Uh, And we're we're talking heavy transfer rumor land, which is always, in all sports, but especially soccer, a super mega dice roll. uh, That team's going to be unstoppable if you add Thiago to that team.
1: I don't yeah, see could how they, could they I go invincible? That. Could they do it? Could they win they every almost, game? They, they practically did this year.
0: I mean, you got to think of that like the Warriors winning the games that they want, going what was it? 74 and 8 or something like that. What was the number for the Warriors? Uh
1: 73 and 9.
0: Yeah. You got to think about it like that. The season after that, they weren't as good in the regular season. You know what I mean? Right.
1: But the regular yeah. season is the playoffs and in, in the English Premier League it is I mean you have the Champions League but that's true they you know you look at that that Premier League title at, with it just as highly as you look at a Champions League title mm-hmm. well maybe not just as highly but close similar
0: yeah I would say similar I mean the Premier League is the most I think right now the most prestigious league to win uh I think it's the deepest league I don't I don't think that there's any real competition for that um the only other soccer stuff, I just want to say again that the MLS's back tournament has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's just a just real fun. A lot of young guys getting on the field. Bryce Dukes played for the LA Galaxy, and uh, just some really fun like young players uh, sporting Kansas City. If you're out there, will you please, for the love of Christ, play Gianluca Busio? There, there's like a bunch of Italian teams, like high end Italian teams, like Fiorentina. And uh, ace and in, uh, Inter Milan that are looking at Busio, and they've basically like leaked to reporters that they're like, Yeah, we want to see him in these MLS games, and Sporting Kansas City knows that. And then Sporting Kansas City has played him like 30 minutes in the whole tournament.
1: Maybe he's <laughs> not as good as everybody thinks, and they just want to get the money, hide him until we can get the money.
0: That's possible, but they turned down a four million dollar offer for him. Okay. And they said that they wanted 10 million for him, and that was last year. And wow. like 10 million is absurd. 10 million is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, that's so, nobody well, like, leaving the MLS is getting ten, <laughs> Yeah, 10. I think the only person who's got even close to that leaving the MLS in history is Clint Dempsey. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Landon Donovan would have if he had been interested in leaving the MLS. Uh, I think that there's a chance that like maybe like a Paxton Pomical could go for like ten million if the right team. That would be awesome. My large adult son, Paxton Pomical. Uh,
1: How's his mustache doing, by the way?
0: Great. Oh, it's doing great. It's doing good. It's good. Reggie Cannon could go for something close to ten. I bet to the right team, team that really believes in him. I mean, those guys are going uh, at some point. Reggie Cannon's contract is written so that FC Dallas are incentivized to sell him now basically, or sooner rather than
1: later. But. Right, right. And again, we love the MLS here on fan to fan Detroit, but get these guys in Europe. Get them in Europe.
0: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense for the MLS to start selling these players now so they can recoup their money and then the next wave of players come through. I mean, the sooner you establish yourself as that league, the, the it's only going to earn you more money
1: in the future. Who is that uh, Brazilian player who is playing for Atlanta that I used to really love? Barco Aziz? Ezekiel Barco, he's Argentinian. Argentinian. Has he done anything? I feel like I haven't heard his name. I,
0: it's funny. Uh, Atlanta United, one of the teams in the MLS's back tournament, they just fired their coach. Uh, they, Joseph Martinez tore his ACL, and they basically don't have a backup plan on offense. As Taylor Twellman was basically repeating multiple times through the broadcast, they don't have an edge to their attack. And I think that that's true. Uh he, he, I, I would say that he has become a slightly lower class of prospect, but not a ton. I think he's still a really awesome young player. He could still go to Europe and, uh, and, and make some noise. He's still got lots of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's only got to be what, 21, 22 years old. He's, Something like that. I would have said 20. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Soccer years, man. Soccer years are weird.
0: They're different than it's, it's closer to like basketball almost.
1: Yeah, you just you feel like this guy's like twenty eight years old. You're like, wait, he's twenty two. I've DeAndre been watching Yedlin's him for 26. eleven years. Yeah, that's wild to me. I've been watching DeAndre Yedlin since I was in like middle school.
0: Yeah, he's been around. John Brooks too. John Brooks is like twenty six too. I remember I watched. He's John too, too bald
1: to fashion. be twenty six. <laughs> he's been bald. He's been bald a long time. He's been bald Some people just you know they do it once and they're like, this is my look. John Brooks is definitely a bald guy. Like that is a dude who should be bald.
0: I think that like choosing to go bald before you're forced to 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 go bald is a wise decision, uh, and I think a lot about this as somebody who will probably eventually that's, have to do something about so, it. Uh, so that's so what I was gonna say. Maybe about.
1: maybe you need to make that wise decision, buddy.
0: No, it's not there yet. I mean, it's like a little thinner, that's for sure. But you
1: have not, not three years. Yet. Because it's right. gonna hit it's gonna hit a wall. It's gonna hit a wall. <laughs> and it's just gonna you're just gonna go into your hair one day and you're reach, gonna pull like, out a clump. You know, my dad, my father had a fro. Why would at, you
0: say that to somebody?
1: <laughs> my father had a fro at twenty five years old. By twenty nine, he was bald completely.
0: Did he like I think a lot of uh hair loss is stress related, which is how I know it's gonna happen to me. But uh yes. My my hope is that if I wear enough Hawaiian shirts that I'll artificially lower my stress level ah, and I'll extend the range of time I have with hair.
1: That's using your noggin. Or, again, just since we're talking about my dad, as my dad would say, that's using your head for something besides a hat rack.
0: I think I've heard you say that to me a few times. Oh,
1: I've been saying it a lot lately, man. I don't know. I think I'm turning into him. It's a little scary. Well, that's- a much nicer head of hair.
0: I'll let you know, man. That's a that's that's what happens. You just become your parents. There's something you can do about it in different in different ways. I mean, you're your own person, but I think you do end up becoming at least fifty, sixty percent your parents. No matter what. No matter what. It's
1: just ingrained into you. Well, if the commercials are right, I just gotta wait till I buy a house. And then as soon as that <laughs> happens. So you probably have what, like 10 years? I have the rest of my I'm never if buying a house. Know. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think a lot about like, when When am I going to be able to buy a house? And I think the earliest I see myself being able to buy a house is 35. Yeah, and that's, that's... Just, like, everything goes pretty well, which I don't think it will.
1: No, no. Thirty-five is when I'm gonna be like, ah, guess I gotta start looking for like a real job. <laughs> then,
0: yeah, I'm I agree with you that you should definitely goof off until you're
1: like 30-ish. And yeah. then you And then you to. figure it out. You figure it out after
0: just that. observe your surroundings, you know, see where you're at, check in with yourself.
1: You said something to me like a year and a half ago that has stuck with me ever since, and that's doing something like this, which is what I want to do for the rest of my life, or doing something like writing, which is what you want to do for the rest of your life. You just got to fail until you're like 30 or older. And then worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. And you'll probably find your way into a $40,000, $50,000 a year job. Like you'll probably find it. It's not 100% of the time, but you'll probably find your way into that. And it has stuck with me since the day you said it.
0: I mean you must like know what would happen if you were like you must have an idea for if you were 30 years old and nothing was working what you would do. I know I do. I can go in restaurant management. I'd fucking hate it, but I could do it, you know. I yeah. could I could achieve it.
1: Right. Easy money. Easy money. You didn't do a trade or something. I mean, I, yeah. I was doing trades when I was 18. I'll be able to do trades. Yeah,
0: well, you yeah, you could pick that back up for sure. Uh so why not goof off? Is I guess what I'm saying. Yes, yes. How, privilege, how privileged is that to be like, ah? If I can just take the first thirty years of my life, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the story of us, yeah. white privilege.
0: The there's a uh, the USL, not USL. The I think it's the, it might be the women's like the NWSL, the the women's league here in America announced uh, two expansion teams uh one of them is in los angeles and i think they're called like angel city or something like that uh it's pretty cool they have really cool art it's like temporary but i think that they should stick with it and the other one is uh wrathing louisville uh wrathing is like the spanish word racing in those club names it's pronounced because spanish people you know like say barcelona like Barcelona. you have to like pronounce your C's like a TH and I just feel like that's really bad like market research on the half of whoever owns Rathing Louisville that they think anybody is ever going to say both Rathing and Louisville right like back to back is impossible that's never going to happen
1: Rathing Louisville
0: yeah you're going to get a lot of like I don't even think the announcers look at it right man and there's no way anybody in Louisville is going to get it right outside of a college campus
1: How about the fact that a sports team, an expansion sports team, finally got it right? The Seattle Krakens, dude. People are, like,
0: dumping on the Seattle Krakens. I don't get that
1: at all. Dude, killed it. (laughs) The logo's dope as hell. When they play the Red Wings, it's just going to be – everybody's just going to be throwing squids at each other. It's going to be – Just wild. I love it. It's great. And it's good to see sports, another sports team back in Seattle. Now the NBA just needs to catch up and get super satisfied. I thought
0: that they screwed up on the color scheme, which is like two shades of blue and white or something like that, or two shades of blue and gray. And I thought that uh, the Seattle Kraken was like a good opportunity to do the classic like black and neon green uh, hockey jersey kind of style, which I, I don't think there's a team in the NHL that has that color scheme. The wild, the Minnesota wild, I think, get close to it. Yeah. Maybe the stars on certain years, Dallas, right? Mike Madonna.
1: Yep. Yep. That's hockey. uh, hockey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't have anything else to talk about. You You want to talk
0: about the Washington Redskins changing their name to the Washington football team? Not
1: not really. They were on the
0: 40-yard line on their opponent's end, and they punted the ball
1: could
0: We don't think our kicker is good enough to make this field goal. We're punting.
1: Just literally call them anything else in the world besides the Washington Redskins or the Washington football team. And everybody would have been happy. Everybody uh, call them the Red Wolves. Like I don't. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I was in a room of comedy writers the day before they announced what it was going to be. And we were all trying to think of what the funniest name change could be. And they they beat us. I mean, they, they beat us <laughs> because nothing that we came up with was as funny as the Washington football team. You couldn't even try, like, Washington football club. Like, yeah. you could try to, like, do something kind of unique with that. No. Dan Snyder said, fuck you, and I'm just going to – I'm changing it to this, and all cool. your marketing
1: people can figure it out. And there had to be a room of very rich, very successful people who were all just sitting there, and they're like, so just call them the football team? We're just going to call – all right, cool. We're calling them the football team. And everybody football. agreed.
0: I think that was a decision made on spite.
1: Yes, so do I. That is exactly how I feel about it. And if it wasn't, then they need to work on whatever staffing they have in there and go for it well, again. I Give mean, it another you know, try.
0: <laughs> There's a pretty good chance that some of their marketing guys did get fired in the last couple of
1: yeah. <laughs> Oh, just that whole franchise is just such a mess.
0: Yeah, I mean we're not too far behind. Uh, do you know anything about the Ford that's running the team now that Martha Ford stepped down or whatever?
1: The only thing I've heard is that she is legit. She's a competitor. She's fiery. She cares about the team, and okay. she's not gonna be like her daddy who would just let people go for years and years and years and years because he was so loyal to them. You better show up or you better fucking leave. That is what it's. I think her name's Sheila. Cool. Sheila. Ham, Sheila Hampton. Sheila Ford Hampton or something uh And she just i from everything I've read, she's a total badass cool yes yeah.
0: let's let's end the show on that really positive note.
1: Let's do it. uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to fan to Fan Detroit. I know we missed last week. we know you missed us. Don't worry, we're back. We'll be back again next week Tuesday at six thirty. Uh, For Double P, Producer Parker and myself, Andrew Norris, we want to leave you with this awesome sports clip of the week of Nico Goodrum turning his baseball bat into a fucking shotgun.
0: production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.